0: to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome
1: to the Side Action Podcast, episode 71, take four. <laughs> We're doing it. We're going to make this work this time. Our second episode of season three. I am Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at WEGSPOOL on Twitter and Instagram.
0: This is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts.
1: Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So Action, big trip to Vegas, uh, Circa Million trip number two. Uh, it was a little bit different this year with masks and such, but we hit the D downtown to register for the contest with dj ward enterprises our proxy and we had melissa this year our good luck charm you can see some of those pictures up on instagram so that night you obviously hit it big on the crafts table
0: yeah it was that saturday night yeah. that i the weekend kind of runs together <laughs> as most trips do it does but um the crafts table were hot again i think that eventually i'm gonna have my name taken there behind some of those little tables and I hope that I don't get banned in the future because I'm hitting them hard. (laughs) And hopefully we can continue doing that in the contest.
1: That's right. We had a good weekend, opening weekend. We obviously had some great time at the pool and kind of weird because you you had to wear a mask everywhere except for in the pool itself. You were sitting on the edge of the pool, had to put the mask on. But we did hit a couple of pools. That was fun at the Lincoln Harris and had some nice dinners as well. It was actually pretty great weather, a little cooler than last year. We were able to be outside a little bit more. I had my friends as well, uh, Samir and her, her sister. So had a great time. I extended my trip, and uh, maybe I spent a little too much money, but I did have some good wins in the NFL at the sports book.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had some good winners. Uh, both of us were in on that Arizona Cardinals money line, mm-hmm. a nice victory over the San Francisco 49ers, and Melissa even got in on some of that action although she took the spread bet route, took the full seven points, Sure. where you and I got 260. Plus
1: 260, cash and tickets. So exciting trip, had a good time. I used the William Hill app this time, which was pretty easy, uh, considering the lines were super long at the books. And one of the differences from last year was they were basically only taking reservations for seats in the books. They weren't letting people stand around. We kind of had to stand outside of the book and look at the big TVs from afar, uh, we were doing that at Caesars. They had a nice nice setup there. But, you know, in in reality, you know, it's just kind of a weird, awkward situation. You know, we were getting pushed around. at. I guess that was, uh, what was that, Paris or the Mirage, right? The,
0: the Mirage. The
1: round. So, you know, we're talking about making this an annual trip, maybe you can make it a little bit bigger and have a great time. So it was yeah. excellent.
0: Maybe next year we can get some of the listeners to tag along with us. We can do a little meet-and-greet at Bar Canada or at Circus Sports when the new hotel is open.
1: That's right. We did see see Mike Palm at the D at the Bar Canada. We didn't talk to him, but uh, saw some of the other guys there, too. And I'm pretty sure I saw the guy who runs William Hill, too, Nick Badanovich too. I think that was at, uh, geez, at Caesars, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw him when I was – trying to get my ticket, you know, put my money in the, in the account there. So anyway, um, let's talk about the episode. We'll, we'll briefly go over the U.S. Open uh, and just kind of touch on college football for a minute. This will still be a predominantly NFL episode, talk about the recap and then our picks for this week. Um, not a lot of legislative updates to, to say, although I will say I, I saw an article about how much the Illinois books made in July – Uh, So I'm sure they're going to have a huge September as they open up, you know, with guys like me doing online accounts. I even got our buddy Zach Suter, you know, Rainmaker. He uh, opened up an account today at Rivers Rivers Rivers, uh, online.
0: Nice. nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, these online accounts are great. Even in Vegas, William Hill has the app. Circa has that app. You no longer have to wait in lines at the counter. I think you and I got up early on Sunday morning and the line was already like 80 people deep yeah. to uh, make bets for the NFL games. So the online avenue is certainly a good one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about college football just briefly. Not on the agenda, sorry, action. Uh, but I heard today that the Big Ten is going to play next month, so that's a big change. Uh, I mean, we're not really prepared for the college season because we weren't, you know, all in and there was so much uncertainty when we were starting to do the pot again but any any dates on the 10 playing and some of these other uh, conferences playing
0: well you know they got new medical evidence which (laughs) which which led them to this groundbreaking decision right Uh, yeah i to be honest i saw that headline today and i was kind of indifferent about it um i like we talked about previously i haven't played average college football and I'm probably not going to be making any early week wagers either. I'm planning to wait it out week in, week out, make sure that I get the latest and greatest news before I'm putting any of my bets in because you're seeing a lot of these college athletes that are popping up with positive cases. And and really, some of them aren't even announced until like an hour before the game starts. So (laughs) in this case, the late news is really the best news.
1: Yeah, the NFL has a really established protocol that they're following. I West. I did hear Ed Ogeron basically said, "If I can do my bed," Ed Ogeron, most oh, so of the guys have COVID. After <laughs> nice. team has got COVID, apparently. Um, the other thing that I heard today on VSN that was interesting related to this is that a lot of the players have opted out for the season. The Big Ten, when they thought that the season wasn't going to happen, so they're getting ready for the NFL draft. We don't know if they're going to come back. Um, some of those guys, you know, from Ohio State, to, you know, basically a top ten pick at, you know, offensive lineman, a cornerback. Your guy, I think it's, what's his name, from the receiver, Rondell, what's his name? Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore, yeah. he opted out for Purdue. So you had mentioned, uh, you know, in take two of this, we, um, the quarterback for Michigan had opted out, although I heard he might transfer because maybe he has a difference with the Keki guy. Um, so, I, don't know, I mean, it is, a, it is a lot of uncertainty, even more than you see in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that uh, given the current environment and me wanting to keep my bankroll tight, yeah. I'm probably going to be playing a lot less college football this season, focus on this contest here. Agreed.
1: Well, let's touch briefly on U.S. Open. It's wing foot. It starts tomorrow. We're taping today, Wednesday. Uh, so, it'll, you know, this will prior to tomorrow. So, you We've know, got some fades here. You're not talking about some favorites, so who are you fading in this tournament?
0: Well, I'm looking at players that can't really drive the ball straight. you have seen reports all week about how this rough is ridiculously long, and you're going to see a lot of these players who are normally left, right, I made them backwards, <laughs> uh, that are going to be really posting some high scores this week, so... Three guys I've picked out that I'm fading in matchups and I'm going to oppose them are Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, as well as Bryson DeChambeau. I think he's already come out and said that his plan is to crush it as far as he can like he does in every tournament. <laughs> and uh, you and I both know that's not going straight. So right. I'm going to be playing against these guys to hopefully cash the tickets this week.
1: Yeah, you got to pick those precision players. Uh, one of the things for our new listeners about betting golf that we've suggested in the past is to not bet on the kind of the futures of the you know the the champion uh, because it's basically the embedded vig or the juice to the casino uh you know if you're getting you know john ron was probably the favorite at plus 1000 or something you know there's so many other people that can win you're basically betting him against the field which is definitely in the favor of of the casino so what you should maybe look at is these matchup approaches or or something like that, um, that we suggested. I know that DJ and Ron are the favorites, so those those guys may be okay to try, but they're not going to be paying out like some of the long shots.
0: I think Ron is a big favorite, 8 or 9, 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he's got some value there, given his recent form and his ability to hit those iron shots, as well as keep the ball in the fairway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, good luck this weekend with the U.S. Open. I will not be betting. I have not done well in the past. So, you know, when Francesco Molinar blew it at the Masters last year, I had to quit golf because I... That was uh, <laughs> the end
0: of your golf.
1: Game? Yeah, exactly. Well, I blew a lot of money on golf and horse racing last year. It was just like a waste of my money, you know. So this year, stick to the NFL, or maybe a little college football.
0: There you go.
1: All right, well, let's talk about the NFL Week One. Uh, I had a little bit of a summary that on that is kind of interesting. Uh, in terms of the covers, you had basically an even split, favorites, favorites eight, dog eight, in in this week's matchups, which is really good for the book when they split it like that. Um, you know, and then there were straight up upsets. There were opportunities to win money line, but you know, you had to pick the right ones, I guess. There were nine home winners, uh, seven road winners, which usually you have more home winners, but you know, this this week maybe the home field advantage. Like, look at that going forward. And then finally, the totals, it was just eight over, seven under, and then I rate Kansas City as a push. So, again, almost right down the middle for all these metrics.
0: For the most part, I keep that on equal sides. Mm. And uh, I do think that a lot of uh, sharp money was winning this weekend, which usually is aligned with the sports books and against the public. So okay there, I mean, not a huge disparity between home and road. I know we talked last week about the potential advantage on travel or um, being our home environment, we know there's going to be a lot of fantasy, but it doesn't really look like you can glean anything from those records in Week One.
1: Right. Well, there's a lot of this week too, so it may flip over. So let's talk about these games. I mean, the bus you know, and also Action, who's a Colts fan. The Colts, you know, we, we had the Jags, you know, sucking this year, and but they came out and played in Week One. They got the upset, straight up 27-20 over the Colts. You know, really by the numbers it was weird though. I mean, the Colts dominated yardage, 445 to 241. Two turns, though, But it looks like the Jaguars were able to cash in the resume twice you know, out of two. And we, we noted that this is probably the hugest survivor loss, maybe, of this season, uh, as the Colts you know were supposed to be a safe pick.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be. <laughs> and I think we thought they were safe at minus eight, even. Sure. And they're not that way. I think the early goal line stand by the Jaguars really turned the tide in this game. And really, Mencium played pretty well when you look at the box score. I think he passed like 95 percent completion percentage mm-hmm. um just pulling it up here 173 yards nothing spectacular but you also had the rookie running back james robinson yeah. who played really well and i think when you're looking at this although the colts dominated the box score you do have to question their defensive performance a little bit by allowing jack jacksonville to post those kind of numbers
1: absolutely absolutely We'll talk about them this week, and we'll see if they're a fade, and the Colts, because they got a tough game. Next game was the big one we talked about already. The Cardinals came through for us, taking down the 49ers um, in San Francisco, 24-20. This was a plus-260 Moneyline winner for us. We were all over this game and in our contest. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, what I was noting is they just – got this San Francisco defense tired, which showed that they weren't conditioned yet for real games. The final two drives, of uh, the touchdown drives were the Cardinals were a 96-yard drive and a 76-yard drive. You never would have seen that last year against this Niner defense. So it may take a couple of weeks for some of these defenses to get ready.
0: Yeah, Kyler Murray was pretty awesome with his legs. I mean, he only had uh, 230 pass yards, but he ran for 100 on the ground plus another touchdown there. And I think that his performance in that offense really um add in DeAndre Hopkins, sure. who was just a man out there, kind of uh, was surprising against that Niners defense. But on the flip side, I, I'm kind of asking questions about the 49ers. They're already showing some cluster injuries at the wide receiver position. Samuel was hurt they were without the rookie Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle picked up an injury in that first half as well.
1: Right. That severely limits that offense for sure. So we'll see what they they got to go to the Jets that may be a game for them on uh, the East Coast but we'll talk about that later. The next game was the Eagles just falling apart against Washington. Uh, you, you know, they came out guns ablaze and nothing. In fact, you know, this was kind of a weird, you know, mirror game of last year. I think that the I'm sorry, the Washington did it again. The Washington football team was up 17 to nothing last year at home against the Eagles, but they blew the game. Uh, this year was kind of a reverse script where I wrote down that the first four drives that Philly had, they had 210 yards. The rest of the game, they had 100. So we are really high on this, uh, this Washington defense. Uh, I know you love them, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the defensive front for the Redskins, oh. I know. excuse me, the Washington, Washington football team. team was awesome. <laughs> Eight sacks, and I'm... Kind of read this quick reads article on football outsiders every week, and they mentioned that the game from Carson Wentz was will go down as one of the 20 worst games of all time. Yeah, that tells you anything about the Washington performance. um, They certainly played some football on Sunday.
1: Yeah, three turnovers for Wentz that definitely you know did them in, Uh, but uh, you know, you got to give Washington credit, they showed some grit, and you know, maybe Ron Rivera has something here. I do love the defense. If they can get enough offense, I remember we were watching that game. In the first half, there were some guys behind us like, can Washington score? I mean, it was just like they couldn't do anything. And there were some adjustments made, and they looked a lot better in the second half. Could be a very interesting game as they go down to Arizona um, on Sunday. So the next one, you know, i got to pump up the Bears here. Here we go. Their first win in seven years on opening day. I know a lot of people doubted my Bears, and they probably should have lost the game because you know DeAndre Swift dropped the second-to-last play of the game. But they did come back. They were down 23 to six in this game. I don't know how they did it. I mean, Trubisky 21 points, three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Uh, definitely excited that they won the game. We did pick this in the contest. I'm not saying Trubisky is a is the guy. I just know that he likes playing against the Lions and unfortunately the Lions missed a chance to win this game outright but they probably would have pushed the total or pushed the the number I think we get minus three in the contest is that right
0: yeah correct plus three yeah right. plus three for the- uh it was definitely a good call by you I think in the first half you and I had both written that one off and it looked like that Trubisky was going to be headed to the bench at one point yeah for uh, Nick Foles but he did a complete turnaround in that second half and really closed the game out almost perfectly Mm -hmm. and the bears got to the window we'll definitely cash that ticket but i'm not so certain that the lions are really um what everyone had cracked them up to be preseason that performance was a little bit disappointing certainly closing the game out
1: exactly you've noted a bunch of positive notes from the nfl this week that you wanted to go over you want to hit those
0: yeah, I mean, the first one I would talk about was Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Incredible game, and it's really more on the coaching staff who are finally letting him throw the ball. 65% passes from the Seahawks on Sunday, which led to a number two offensive rating of DVO, per DVOA. He was 88% completion percentage and threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yep. And um, I went and did some shopping this morning and grabbed a number on Russell Wilson to win the MVP plus 600. I think there's some pretty good value there.
1: We talked about that in the preview show last week. I think that he is legit. I think he's probably just top and bottom, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Let him do it. You know, let him hit these guys. They've got some weapons. They do have a good running game, but don't wait till the fourth quarter. Light it up early. So I'm glad that they did that this time.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> we touched on the Washington football team, ranked number one per DVOA mm-hmm. on that defensive side. And how about Josh Allen? Oh, yeah. Quietly uh, nice performance, despite his two fumbles. He had over 300 passing yards and another 57 on the ground. So he uh, certainly didn't help himself in our minds, but the Bills got to the window for us, and that's all that matters. What
1: are, what are his odds for the MVP?
0: <laughs> I didn't go quite that far down, but I tell you.
1: I do love Josh um, Allen, but I told you I was screaming at the TV. At Caesar's, when I saw him fumble the second time, the guy is a fumble machine. If he keeps the ball, this team is legit. But just don't give these opportunities. They had two fumble. He had two fumbles in the red zone. They could have scored more points.
0: Yeah, certainly could have. And although we didn't need them, hopefully they'll save them for future weeks. Sure. The last one I have here is New England and the offense. I think that Belichick showed us pretty, and uh, and Josh. Dan- McDaniels <laughs> showed us that they want to use Cam Newton and his strengths I think he only had 155 passing yards and one first down in the first nine throws but he tacked on a, a multitude of running yards for 99 yards and uh, several first downs and a couple of touchdowns so yeah. Cam Newton impressive in his debut
1: he looked good he looked under control he looked healthy we'll see if he stays that way I don't know if he can run 14 times every week but that game plan worked against uh, against Miami, and, you know, they got the job done. It looks like New England's going to be one of those under teams, right? Because <laughs> that defense is yeah. really good, and if they're going to run like that, especially with Cam, I mean, they they got to 32. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're – unless they score defensive touchdowns, I don't know if they're going to score many more than 21-24 a game. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, we the Minnesota defense, and especially in the secondary – just a terrible outing. They got torched by Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Right, 364 passing yards and four touchdowns. And they sacked Aaron Rodgers a total of zero times in that game. Right. I think they really missed Daniil Hunter. And I certainly think we should keep our eye on his status for this weekend.
1: What about MVP odds for Aaron Rodgers? He would be a dark uh, horse, right?
0: He could be. He certainly has done it before. And I think that uh, he has the pedigree. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to maintain that level throughout this season.
1: Right. But another game that both teams were kind of moving up and down the field. I kind of made a bad in game wager about the under early, and then Green Bay reeled off like three touchdowns in the second quarter. Uh, <laughs> so it was, uh, it looked like a defensive battle. I think people just get tired out there. And then you already mentioned this 49ers, there's all these injuries, you know, on their offense. But there were a lot of injuries. You had Michael Thomas go down, Le'Veon Bell. Um, your guy, Merlin Mack, uh, he's out for the year. He tore his Achilles, right? So yep. got to watch out. Um, Thomas shouldn't be out for that long. Is he in the IR?
0: IR, but new this season, the IR can be as short as three weeks. Okay. So uh, it's a new rule with the COVID pandemic. They are allowing them to come back after uh, a couple of weeks out. I did read that it's a high ankle sprain, and I do think that he's expected back within a couple of weeks, but certainly a huge loss for the Saints. Yeah. So do you think that he might be valued in terms of point spread Michael Thomas?
1: Thomas? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I mean, the Saints still looked good uh, last week against Tampa uh, with basically him getting injured early. It's got to be a couple of points, though, right? I mean, especially the road they're going to, what, Seattle this week? Is that right? Um, so that's one of the, oh, they're going to the Raiders? Shoot. Yes, that's, that's right. Night. You know, I would, that's a game I'm targeting actually, so, you know, I would, I would say he's worth a couple of points.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of, but you know, the other guy we didn't mention here, Big Ben looked a lot better in the second half against, uh, you know, they're playing the Giants, they stink, but he was a little rusty early, but he started hitting his, hitting his spots in the second half for Pittsburgh, so. A lot of interesting stuff. We won. Yeah, Patrick
0: um, Mahomes, obviously, kind of got lost in the Thursday night football
1: game. The teams that look the best to me were Kansas City and, and the Ravens, right? Those two teams, I mean, the Ravens destroyed the Browns. It wasn't even a story. And Kansas City was lighting up Houston. It kind of got a little closer, but there was a no contest there as well. Those two teams looked primed to go. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into week two for the previews. I kind of did what I did last week, kind of looking at both the opening lines, and I don't know when those were made, and then the current spreads, and just kind of looked at some options here. Um, You know, you could probably differ some of my my spots, but um, some of the games I'm eyeing initially that we can discuss, uh, first of all, you know, Jacksonville, I'm not all over them, uh, but they go to Tennessee. But more importantly, Tennessee didn't look so great in week one. Now, Denver's a pretty good team. We kind of talked about that. We glazed over it. They actually – ended up covering the number because it flipped all the way to Tennessee. So Denver covered the number against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Derrick Henry is always going to be solid, but that offense wasn't quite clicking. This nine points, they're, they're favored by nine points at home, the Titans, in a pretty low-scoring game at 43 is the total. I actually like the total under, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting on the contest with the Jags, but I'm, I'm going to look at this number for a personal bet.
0: Yeah, I – I think that you're seeing some movement here and this number opening at 11 and down to 9, probably after the Tennessee outcome on Monday night, and -hmm. certainly after Jacksonville. Um, I personally don't think that I'd be involved with the Jaguars at anything under double digits. It might have a little value if it gets back to 10 or 10.5, but I'm just not sure that I'm going to see this Jacksonville team take that show on the road. Sure. I think that week one performance by them uh, was probably their get-up game, and I'm still expecting them to fall back to reality here soon.
1: Gotcha. Another game that I'm interested in, and you know, you can disagree with me after the Philly second-half performance, is the Rams are going to Philly. Uh, this will be Philly's first home game of the year. Right now it opened at minus three for Philly, and now they're a one-point dog at home. Something's not quite right here to me. I know that you said that Wentz may be hurt. They didn't play well in the second half at Washington, but I don't think this Rams defense is as good as Washington's. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe the home doesn't mean anything anymore. But we'll see. I would I would be interested taking the team home and getting points.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I was I'm glad you went that direction because I was worried that you were going to be on the Rams here. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, this is far too much of a movement in Slamin. I mean, you had. The Rams obviously at three, even three and a half mm-hmm. on the look ahead last week. And now this line has moved a full four and a half points. Unless there is some major injury that is not being um, disseminated to the public, I think that you definitely have some serious value on Philadelphia here. I've already thrown them into a teaser. In fact, getting them up over a touchdown, which I think is some pretty serious value. So I could definitely be convinced to take the, the nasty looking Eagles
1: yeah, so just for our new listeners this season, a teaser is basically what you can do. You have to put two teams together, but in this case, uh, action is going to tease that total up, that, that spread from one to seven, which obviously we know is a key number in the NFL. He's got to pick another. What's the other teaser like in this case? Pittsburgh, Okay. seven
0: and a half down to one and a
1: half. So he went the other way. So P- Pittsburgh is going, going to sell their seven and a half point favorites at home against Denver. Thousand down to one and a half. Both of those have to hit for him to win the bet, but uh, I like those actually quite a bit. That's a good teaser. Nice job, Action. Thank you. (laughs) Another one is Carolina. Now, Tampa obviously didn't look great. I know that Bruce Arians kind of called Tom Brady out after playing pretty poorly against the Saints, although there's kind of mixed reviews. Pro Football Focus said he played pretty well, um, but on paper it didn't look so great. Carolina is getting nine and a half on the road. I know they're not great, but they look decent against the Raiders, and they scored a lot of points. Nine and a half seems like a big total. Uh, I know they it's at the home. It's a divisional game. Any interest in this game?
0: Mm, I don't think so. I, I don't think that I'm going to be looking to back Carolina anytime soon. And, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay, I think, may have some value, though, if you're looking at the other side. Okay. You know, the difference between 8.5 and 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 9.5 isn't really much at all in this league. And I think, like you mentioned, Tampa was a little impressive Um, despite dropping the game to New Orleans. I think there was a couple of turnovers that I read later were not Tom Brady's fault. I think there was some miscommunication between him and Evans. And I fully expect that Tampa might get right this weekend and put up a pretty big number on that Carolina team.
1: Yeah, you see a team... Well, I mean, I get it. TV-12 could come back and light them up. Um, I'm not really sure. I just don't love taking, you know, big numbers on. I'm not a big Tampa fan this year. I think that they're going to be a average team, but maybe it's a bounce back at home. So, you know, probably good not to jump all in on this one, not like a money line or something. Mm-hmm. The next game I was looking at was um, Denver and Pittsburgh. This is at Pittsburgh, and the total... Used to be 44-and-a-half. It's down to 41. I know that's a key number at 42, but I still think this is an underplay. Pittsburgh's defense is really good. Uh, They stuffed Saquon Barkley on Monday night. And Denver's defense, even without Von Miller, played really well against the Titans. They're super solid. And I don't know. 41 is a low number, but I still like the under in this game.
0: Yeah, I think you're looking at something there, too. You definitely uh, lost a little bit of value there, dropping off the key of 44 and and under 42, but um, I think that you're probably on the right side of that one. That Pittsburgh defense was incredible on Monday night. They're ranked number two behind Washington in the early DVOA, Mm -hmm. and certainly Denver doesn't show you much on offense, and I think that um, Pangio prefers to slow the pace as well, so... Looking at it under there is not a bad idea. What are your thoughts on taking the Steelers in the contest, depending on that number? Obviously, seven would be nice.
1: Seven. I mean, seven and a half I I probably wouldn't do. Um, Just that, you know, that hook is no good. But, you know, I do like the Steelers a lot, um, and I do think Denver's going to struggle to score against them. So I'm not against it. We didn't take them this week, and they came through. uh, So I did win a personal bet on that one. But, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, that's what we can look at both teams coming off the Monday nighter, so equal rest there. You do have the small travel spot where Denver has to fly east out to Pittsburgh, so maybe a little angle there.
1: <clears throat> All right, the next game is Buffalo is a five and a half point favorite on the road. This is up from three to five and a half at Miami. Um, you know, I've heard some interesting. I'm, I want to hear your take. One of the guys in Beeson said, Miami's a terrible football team. I don't really agree with that. I think they're decent. I mean, they played decent last week. Fitzpatrick turned the ball over a ton, of course. But they were playing an incredible defense. Buffalo's really good at defense, too. But still on the road in Miami, that's a lot of points, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that in this game, you have to look at Miami or pass. I certainly don't think that Buffalo is going to make our card this week, laying that number on the road. Um, I'm not sure whether I want to get behind Fitzpatrick, though, quite yet. You certainly know that he's capable but I could also see that Buffalo defense um, taking its toll on it a little bit in this one. I'd be happy to pass on it.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Another game that I was looking at, and I know this is, you know, maybe a little bit too quick to jump on this team, but the Washington football team is traveling Arizona. We talked about that. Their defense is really good. Uh, Arizona obviously did very well against the San Francisco defense this week. Seven point favorites at home for Arizona. I don't know. I think it's a lot of points. Um, I don't know, Washington has the score team, but it's not like Arizona's defense is that great, so it seems like getting a touchdown with that defense may be a way to go in the contest, but I don't know how you feel about it.
0: I love it. Yeah, I, this is the one number on the board this week that jumped out at me as mm. as one that doesn't fit. I don't think that this Arizona team is quite capable of uh, being seven-point favorites quite yet. Right. Washington, certainly, when you're looking at preseason expectations, would be down low on the list, and I think this is a number that's really based on that preseason expectation. Dwayne Haskins was not that bad this weekend. Right. A couple of short fields obviously were helpful in them getting the end zone late. But uh for the Cardinals to be laying seven, I'm not sure they're seven points better than any team in the league right now.
1: What do we think about the Washington secondary? I mean they obviously have, you know, Nuke is there now in Arizona. He had a huge game against the in my opinion Francisco's kind of they're not very good in the secondary, but you know, that's my only fear is that they can just get the ball out to him uh, early. I don't know. what What is Washington's corner coverage unit like?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I haven't dialed into the, quite those details yet. I'm just using football outsiders right now. They're have the number one pass defense. Granted, they don't uh, have adjustments for opponent until week four, I think. So sure. you're, you're looking at the Philadelphia outcome here, which was phenomenal, obviously. Right, uh, right. But that may be something to worth looking into, see what that secondary, what the pedigree was preseason. Because certainly Hopkins is in line for a big day. I'm a three-time fantasy owner. I <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I know nice. he's in for a big day.
1: Yeah, he's he's on my team too. He's really good. Uh, one of the fav- favorites I do like, I know these have all been dogs so far that I've been discussing, I do like Baltimore going on the road to Houston. I am not behind this Houston t- or Houston team at all seven points Baltimore looked just as good as they did last year no you know Andrews had two touchdowns everybody looked good no injuries coming to this game Houston looked like garbage seven points isn't enough so if I can get that I go for it
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think that Baltimore will definitely be one I'm going to take a strong look at this week as well I don't think that that Houston line is going to be able to fare well against the Baltimore front seven and uh, I really don't think that Houston's going to have an answer for Lamar Jackson in the offense so I agree I think they could put up a big number again this weekend
1: mm-hmm. that total did go down from 54 and a half to 51 and a half I'm not sure I'd love the total but it's just a it's an interesting indication um, one of the totals I was looking at too is New England at Seattle this is the Sunday night game should be a fun game to watch with Cam and Russell, and obviously, you know, the two coaches are storied. Um, 45 seems like kind of a big number, though, for this game. Uh, What do you think about an underplay there?
0: Yeah, I I think that looking at New England and under totals is always a good look. Um, Certainly, I'm curious that it's gone up from the opener at 44. That's kind of a surprising move in my mind, but that may be just based on the the offense of Seattle, you saw them open up and throw the ball 65%. That's yep. going to stop the clock and um, could be pros just looking at the potential for more plays in a game like that with Seattle passing the ball more. Um, gotcha. That's my my first reaction. I do think that uh, New England catching four points in this game might be worth a little bit of a look. I was okay. impressed with Cam Newton and I think that Of all coaches in this pandemic environment, Bill Belichick is going to have game plans that are ready. Granted, um, this is a cross-conference game, so Seattle's probably not on the top of his preparation list. Um, But I I think that four um, would certainly be some value. The other thing, though, that may keep us off this game is the whole air quality Mm. index issue again. um, We didn't talk about it, but last week after we submitted our picks... We right. heard that the Washington and Arizona, I'm sorry, the Arizona San Fran game might get postponed and yep. we quickly found out that we would get a push in the contest for that. So I think we need to be a little bit careful of these West coast game times.
1: Okay. The last game I noted is uh, you've got new Orleans going to Vegas, uh, you know, on this is Monday night football and it, Vegas is actually a six point dog at home. First game in, You know, in Las Vegas, we know there's not going to be fans, or maybe minimal fans. But I do love the Saints. I think they're a really good football team. That seems like a lot of points for that first home opener. And I don't love Chucky and his preparation, but they did look solid in Week One. And six points without Michael Thomas—that seems like a lot.
0: Mm Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does. Very interesting that this line has moved so quickly in that direction. Yeah. Especially after the Michael Thomas news, I'm seeing here on my screen that a couple of books even opened up at four and a half. Oh, wow. So four and a half out to six is gives me a little pause. You also saw that Carolina Panthers move the ball pretty much at will against yeah. the Vegas uh defense. So you may be seeing some Saints success on Monday night.
1: Mm hmm. There games that look like you had maybe Minnesota Indy.
0: Yeah. I know that you're probably not uh, interested in hearing it right now, but I think that this is more of a play against Minnesota. I've already taken the Colts minus three, Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, it's a number we should keep an eye out on because we may even see a a two-and-a-half pop-up in the contest lines. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, but that box score and outcome for the Colts on Sunday was really kind of uh, quite the dichotomy. Mm They dominated that game. And I think that Philip Rivers and the passing offense is going to dominate this Vikings secondary on Sunday. Also, I think they're in line to put up a big number.
1: Okay, interesting. So where are we sitting on on circa possibilities? We won't lock in today, as we've talked about it on the previous show. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get into that, let's 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 get into circa a little bit, just you know, so we give the oh, yeah. by the numbers because people really know we're going to win, but. The Circa Million 2 has 3,085 uh, 3, entries this year, so they they didn't have an overlay, which we were actually really close to being that 3,000th entry, entry. We didn't get a shout-out. We were probably, you know, 2,997 or something. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> this year they're going to pay out the first 50 places in the contest, of course a million to first, 300,000 to second, and 100,000 third. But they'll pay 2000 for the 50th spot. That's great. They do have a booby prize this year. We didn't mention this last week. If you finish in last place, you get 100 Gs, which actually is probably harder to do, right, to purposely miss.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, good for them for making it fun. And in my calculations, they also do these quarterlies, right? So that every month, the first three months of the season and then the last five weeks of the season are a quarterly contest. My math says the first prize will be one hundred seventy one thousand two fifty, and then second is seven seventy five, and third is twenty five thousand. I think they only paid the first spot last year, right? Isn't this a change? Correct.
0: Yes. Yep. So that's
1: nice. Uh, we've decided that if we're in the top five of you know another quarter, we'd be flying back out to Vegas to try to see if we can win, right? Yeah.
0: In <laughs> fact, I think Derek Stevens is putting up all the contest entries and his hotels for free so it would just Very be a nice. plane fight and of course we would hit him on the crafts table so
1: we got him he has he, you haven't hit the the crafts tables yet they don't even know what that's right <laughs> you know but right. um, but anyway it's pretty exciting that there's going to be a little bit more than 3,000. that's i'm sure an improvement from last year so good for them for getting it done and and you know luring us in again but we like the contest Week 1 we did go 4-1. It's our second best week ever. We we had a 4-1 last year, I believe, in late in the season. We had 1-5 and 0, oh, but it's a great start. Last year we were 2-2 two, two and 1, a lot better start. And we really like of course the Washington comeback in that one. We're tied for 123rd right now uh in week 1. So now back to the games. So what uh you know, if we're looking at some of these games, I know you don't agree on some of these, but Which some which are some of the games you do like uh, that that I've laid out so far?
0: I think the Eagles is a game that we certainly um, should put a lot more heavy thought into, Mm -hmm. as well as that Washington football team, Mm -hmm. and I think the Ravens is another game that both of us would certainly find ourselves interested in come Saturday morning.
1: Right, you definitely you're you're trying to push your Colts on me again. Uh, I get it. We'll we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, let's see. Some of these other ones, you don't like these you know, crappy teams. Dolphins at home, five and a half maybe, or, or there's getting points at home?
0: I would probably want to read into both of those games a little bit more, take a look, look at the matchups, see if we can find some added value there. Um, what do you think about the Giants traveling to the Bears this weekend? Any interest in that game on one side or the other?
1: Well, you know <laughs> – Great question, as I'm wearing my Bears shirt again. Um, look, I think the Bears defense, although they, they had that one stretch where they were playing terribly, they played great in the first like basically the first quarter and a half and the fourth quarter. Um, it's probably a fitness issue, right? So the Giants didn't look so great, that's for sure. Like Saquon Barkley got bottled up, but that's a really good defense in Pittsburgh. I actually, you know, I hate Daniel Jones. I think I'm on record about that. He didn't play that bad. He made a really bad play in the red zone. I don't know if you saw the play where he's fading to his left and he's trying to throw it over somebody and got picked in, you know, in the end zone. But I thought he actually played okay. Um, it's just a stay-away spot. I, I think the Bears will probably win the game. They should win the game. And I don't like the Giants, but I don't know. I'm not 100% on board with who the Bears can beat and who they can't beat this year. I just knew that they were going to beat Detroit. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it just kind of sets up as a classic big move on week two. I, I don't know what the look ahead was, but I would find it hard to believe that Chicago would have been posted at five and a half if you're looking yeah. at this line last week yeah. against the Giants. So I mean, to me, it looks like a little bit of value, but I certainly get it. Stuff to bet on Daniel Jones, especially against a defense like that.
1: On the road, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, any other games? You, know, you, you were on Atlanta early. Eight, and that was to open up at 7.5. is down to 4.5. So you you got
0: that at, what, 7, 7.5? Seven I actually played the Falcons money line on oh, Sunday. I okay. um, think there's probably still some value there. I think that's another game that we should probably consider, mm-hmm. although I would expect it's going to be a very trendy pick given the line move already this week. 7.5 right. down to
1: 4.5.
0: Um, you're still getting over the key number of 3 and 4 in this case. And I think that uh, Dallas really kind of showed its flaws a little bit on Sunday night. The mm-hmm. defense certainly is not what we expected them to be. Right. And uh, Matt Ryan played well on his side of the coin as well.
1: Okay. Well, it's not like we have a lot to pick from there. We have you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. three solid picks. Uh, we just have to make some decisions on our last two, which is what's this is the difficulty in the contest, everybody. I mean, Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, oh, I've got the you know went six and zero oh, or what? Okay, let me see your picks. I mean, like you have to make these tough decisions. We actually were between what the Browns and the Bears that came out on our side. I think we were down one other. We were down. What, I guess it worked out either way. If Pittsburgh would have covered but it was Pittsburgh and maybe like Washington or something. You make these decisions, and you know you you have obviously your logic behind it, but it's challenging. Plus, you're trying to be contrary. We're really trying to be contrarian to the field because it doesn't make sense for everybody to pick the Colts uh, because whether they win or lose everybody goes up or down the same way Um, so that's why getting picks you know I don't know if everybody was on Arizona but Washington for us probably was a differentiator right we're trying to stay out of those top five consensus picks
0: yep definitely an equal eye to that as there is to picking winners no doubt about it
1: exactly okay we'll we'll revisit it in a couple days we'll get DJ Ward Enterprises uh, on the horn and, and tell them what we're going to do. So let's keep it rolling, action. We want to cash some, some big tickets over at the D and have you win some craps as well. Um, yeah,
0: I think uh, if we focus on that 80% number, we'll be doing just fine in a couple weeks here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, just 80%. That's all we got to do. <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up Episode 71 of the Side Action Podcast. I didn't mention this last time. We were trying to get all our technical difficulties in. Please comment uh, you know, on the YouTube channel and also on the podcast. We love your comments. Of course, we can do sponsorships. I was ranking 312. I'm open to that. Um, but no, put your comments. Let's make it a dialogue. We love to have your picks. If you guys benefited from some of our picks, if you cashed a ticket, you know, let us know. Uh, that's what we're here for. Follow us on social media. You know, hit us on Side Action Pod on Twitter. Hit me personally at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts.
1: So we're really excited about this season. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it, man. We're going to win the million bucks. I think so. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody.
0: Peace out, America. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.